Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. How old are you turning? Seven tomorrow. Wow. Just time? Yes. Just time that well, hasn't she? Good Friday, Easter Sunday, birthday. Wow. Fantastic. Good. So, um, but yeah, quick question for you. Have you ever faced a moment of truth in your life? A moment of truth. Well, maybe to help us, here's, a, here's the Oxford, this sounds really important and uh, brainy. Here's the Oxford English def- uh, Dictionary definition of moment of truth. It's a time when a person or a thing is tested. A decision has to be made or a crisis has to be faced. Give me a wave if you ever faced a moment of truth in your life. I'm sure many of us have faced moments of truth, whether it's testing, decisions, or or crises. You know, some of us don't like making decisions, you know, especially the big decisions of life. What do I do? Where do I go? And uh, we all face. But I'm sure we all can remember times when we face different types of tests. Give me a wave if you're in school year six or school year two. So this year, you are facing SATs. Won't mention that. Can you give me a wave if you remember when you were faced exams at school? <laughs> Students, this is exam season. I'm sorry to remind you of this. But maybe some of you are facing exams in the coming week. Maybe adults in education right now, you're facing exams. Um, forget education. We've, we've got the, the test of the exams of life, haven't we? Where we're constantly facing different um, tests and various things. Moments of sometimes crisis, moments of testing, where we've got to make some great decisions. But I wonder if you can just picture the scene right now. Right now, remember, imagine you are in, about to face an exam. This was me, in the exam queue, ready to face an exam. So everyone's queuing up for the exam, okay? Everyone's panicking, everyone's chatting and, and everything. And uh, my, my palms are sweaty, my face is red. I'm thinking about everything I can't remember. But clutched in my hands are not the exam script, because that would be cheating, but are my revision notes. Because I am frantically, the uh, last few moments for the exam, I'm looking at my revision notes thinking, what does that mean? I can't remember that. I, I, I make up silly rhymes to try and remember the key points of the exam I'm about to face. And I'm, I'm, I'm doing all this, I'm putting raps together, music together, I'm saying it all, and joining acronyms to remember all the key points, and suddenly, down tools, I'm entering the exam room, ready to face judgment day. Who believes in last minute revision? I am a firm believer. Children, people say don't do last minute revision, but I'm a firm believer in it. Okay, it's, it's lasted me well all these years and, uh, and uh, often I'd be, but like I'd be in the classroom and the teacher says, right, in a few moments we're going to do the, the test that you should have been revising all week to do. And you suddenly re- remembered that you forgot all about revising for the test. And you get those sweaty palms and, and you just, oh, you're so nervous. Exams, exams, that is the moment of, of truth about whether everything we've worked up to to that point we're going to remember. And the reason exams are important because how we do in an exam will affect maybe the next step in what we do in our lives. 
Okay, it could, be, it could be our final exams before we graduate in university, or it could be some exams in a, in a school setting. But things for the future, things that affect our future. We're constantly making decisions about our future, aren't we? Constantly making decisions about our future. Things that we decide now, even in times of testing or crisis, that will affect what happens in the time to come. What, happens, what would happen if I today, this morning, share with every single one of us some keys that could affect the rest of your life. That could help you make a decision that could affect the rest of your life. Not just any decision, not just that decisions for an important thing like an exam, but something could affect the rest of your life. Give me a wave if you'd love to hear such a key, such a principle, such a truth, as we face a moment of truth. Well, to help me this morning, I'm gonna unpack a, a story. So I wonder if we can, Welcome to the, the stage this morning, my friends, Andre, Sekalami, and Sophia. Come on. Give them an applause this morning. Wonderful. Been working hard. Just stand there. Wonderful. And they're going to help me unpack um, a little story. Because I believe the, 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 the truth of this story, this account, will help us, all of us, to make a, come to a point where we can make a decision that will affect the rest of our lives. We at this church, we love this time of year. This time of year is, is more important to us than Christmas because this is the time of year we remember the whole Easter message. And we're going to unpack that this morning in a way that hopefully children give us a wave that you, you and I can understand. So if I can understand it, you can understand it, we're on for a winner, aren't we? Yeah? Great. So fantastic. Turn, turn the person next to you and say, are you listening? Turn to the other person and say, are you still awake? And I won't take long. I won't take long, okay? You should see my notes. I won't take long. So we're going to be really quick and uh, as we unpack this whole story, which gives us in, an insight into the moment of truth. And to help me, I'm going to take this. Sweaty palms. I've done it. I've done it without causing accidents. Always good. I'm just going to put that there. Okay. It's a bit like... Um, when you uh, get your work marked by a teacher and you go to look at it and expect lots of ticks, but what you end up seeing is uh, big crosses. You see that in your work? Yeah, or is that just me? Okay. <laughs> just me. Okay, wonderful. So to help us this morning, we're just going to look at this. So in the beginning, God and man were friends. <laughs> Come on, you're better friends than that. <laughs> They were great friends, okay? And God loved man so much. <laughs> love it, love it. Loves man so much. And, uh, you know, when you've got a great relationship, you don't want that relationship to end, do you? You know, when you've got a relationship of love and, and honour and, and just commitment, you just want to do the best for each other. Unfortunately, what happened was this. Man decided to do things his own way. And that meant to him doing things, when I say man, I'm talking about men and women, but we're talking about the first man, Adam, that was created, tried to do things his own way. And uh, a bit like you and I, we do things that are wrong. Give us a wave if you ever do anything that's wrong. My hand's firmly in the air. We do things, we mess up. The Bible calls that sin. I wonder if we can see some examples of things that we might do wrong. Gossip. It's where you talk about someone behind their back. Whether it's true or not, 
jealousy. You might get jealous or envious of someone, some things that someone has or what someone does or what they like in life, their personality. What else have we got? Cheating. So you cheat and, and trying to get through and trickery. Have you ever cheated in the game? I, I have. Here's one. Stinking thinking. Where you've got thoughts that you just know, if you're honest, just know they're not right. They're not right. They might be thoughts about someone else and, and it affects your heart and you just know it's not right. Disobeying. Children. Have you ever disobeyed mum or dad? You don't have to put your hands up in the air. <laughs> Confession. Big children, have we ever disobeyed our parents or people in our world? Bad words, things that we say. Have you, have you ever said something to someone and you realise it's been deeply unkind and it's come out of your mouth or you've said it and you thought, oh, why did I say that? Bad words. Lying, saying things that aren't just bad but just plainly untrue. We're back to gossip. And, and the thing is, friends, is... As we get older and in, in, in grow up and get older, we can add to that whole list of sins, can't we? There's a whole list of things not even mentioned there than the, 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 those, those seven that we've got there. Different sins. And the reality is you can look at one of those sins, well, I don't do that. But there'll be a whole bunch of ones, I'm sure, that we do do that aren't written down. Because it's almost like our default pattern. We do the wrong thing. We might want to do the right thing, but we do the wrong thing. And everything that man did... That was wrong, became a barrier between his relationship and God. And God, it got in the way. And God was sad. God was sad because God loved man so much. But man wants to do things his own way. You ever felt like that? I'll do life my own way. I'm all right. I'm all right, Jack. I'll do things my own way. I know when I try and do that myself, do things my own way, it only ends up in hardship. But the great thing is God had a rescue plan. God was a man with a plan. God had a rescue plan. And even though God was in a, a beautiful place called heaven, he had a rescue plan, which meant he was going to get involved with humankind once again. Do you want to know this rescue plan? Okay. So, um, you ready for it? Show us your rescue plan. The thing about the Christian faith is we don't just believe in lots of gods. We believe in one God, three persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One God, three distinct persons. And God became a man. Jesus, who the Bible says, was before he wasn't created at this point. Jesus, the, the Son of God, was always existent. But at this point in history, about just over 2,000 years ago, approximately, God became a man. In fact, he didn't become a man. He became a little baby. That's what we celebrate at Christmas time. A little baby. And we, and we celebrate at Christmas time Jesus coming down to planet Earth. Not like a man, not like a human, but actually a human. Actually flesh and blood. He would cry. He would hear, feel every range of emotion as he grew up in his adulthood. Feelings of anger, feelings of frustration. But yet the Bible says... This man, Jesus, this God, 
Jesus never did anything wrong. Never did anything wrong. Like you and I do mess up. He never did anything wrong. And do you know, that was part of the rescue plan. Had Jesus done one thing wrong, just one little white lie, just one thing that was not right, the rescue plan would not have worked. And you and I would still be stuck in our sin. Sin sticks. We can't get rid of it. We might try and make some good New Year's resolutions at the beginning of the year, but I'm not going to be jealous anymore. But it's a part of us. It sticks to us. It's, it's part of our DNA. But God had a rescue plan. God sent his son. Jesus became a human being and lived amongst us for about 33 years of his life. And this is what he decided to do. He decided it was time at the age of 33 to collect up all the rubbish, all the sin. Everything that separated us, man and God, Jesus was going to deal with at this time of year, just over 2,000 years ago. Because what happened, God lived among them. He taught them. He healed them. He performed amazing signs. Some people thought he was just a great teacher. Some people just thought he was a great miracle work worker. But little did they know Jesus was God in the flesh. Not like flesh, but God in the flesh. Perfectly human, yet God himself. But at this time, man got angry. A bit more angry than that. In fact, Jesus' last public sermon, if you like, before he died, they were, yeah, it was... He was, was talking about the, the, the religious leaders who should know better. But man got angry. Man didn't want to do things his own way. But Jesus wanted to show men God's way. A better way, a different way. A way that would bring life and hope. Rather than us trying to do things on our own and, and make those key decisions that are moments of truth in our life, if we do things God's way, Jesus was showing us that way that could help us for the rest of our lives. But man was not interested and what man decided to do, with his anger, decided to crucify Jesus. Just to, just to explain this a little bit. Crucifixion was a, a, a Roman punishment. It was a punishment where the, 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 the perpetrator was nailed to a cross. Large nails were driven through the wrists and through the ankle bones. And it was a form of public humiliation. They were risen up as, a, as, a, as an advert, as a signpost, saying, this is what this person has done wrong. And even Pilate, who was the Roman governor at the time, guess what he said? I can find no fault in this man. And at that time, they had this, they had this, this, um, this thing they did, that literally they could release a, a prisoner. But the crowd said to Jesus, said to, the, said to Pontius Pilate, give us this known murderer and criminal, Barabbas, but crucify Jesus. So Jesus was hung on a cross to die. You remember that on Good Friday. He was put on the cross about, about 9 o'clock in the morning and hung there till 12 o'clock. At 12 o'clock midday, the, the sky turned dark and he hung there for six hours in total until 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And then Jesus breathed his last. At that time, everything was dark. 
at that time, miraculously, in the temple, in the Jewish place where the Jewish people uh, worshipped, there, there was a curtain that was ripped in two. There were many supernatural things that happened at that time as Jesus died. And people would be walking around the cross saying, look, you were the son of God. If you were the son of God, save yourself. And Jesus said at any moment he could have called, called down legions of angels. But every time someone jeered at him, he answered them nothing. Because the rescue plan meant that Jesus, God in the flesh, he had to die. He had to die. That was the, it's nonsense. It seems messed up. It seems, if you were to think about a rescue plan to help people with their sins, would you have come up with this? I don't think I would have. What God had to die. How can God die? If God's God, who can kill God? Good Friday, the day that God died. It makes no sense at all. And so what they did, they buried him in a tomb on Good Friday. So Good Friday, remember that Jesus was crucified. And imagine if you were the Jesus' friends at this time. You were probably on Saturday a bit confused. Yesterday, if you think about the in-between day between Good Friday and Easter Sunday, and you're probably a bit confused about, what was all that about? What were those last three years of my life about where I was listening to my teacher, Jesus? He told us some amazing things that he was God. He did some amazing things, miracles, healed many people, rose people, raised people from the dead. One of Jesus' best friends, Jesus rose from the dead. Amazing. And yet now, Jesus is dead. I don't know what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. But thank God, friends, the story does not end there. If the story had ended there, then we would not be celebrating Easter Sunday today. And many of you are looking at me thinking, come on, Dave, come on, say it. Say what happened next. Because what happened next is literally outstanding news for every single one of us. Because next what happened on the early hours of Easter Sunday morning, the first Easter Sunday morning, Jesus rose from the dead. Because he had to die. He had to die. And if you like, all the sin that you and I do wrong, all this stuff, was taken from man and put on Jesus, put on God. And it's like saying, God, you're the sinner. This is why it makes no sense. You're the sinner. You're the one that's done wrong, not man. What? That makes no sense. But man did things that wrong. No. Because in faith, if we believe, you and I can go guilt-free, sin free as if we'd done nothing wrong when you say what about that sin God says what sin what sin I've put it and nailed it on the cross with my son Jesus Christ because it took someone who was had done nothing wrong only someone that was sinless could die for you and I only someone if Jesus had done one thing wrong it would not have worked but Jesus didn't do anything wrong as the Bible says and because he didn't do anything wrong and he just chose to die, he took the sin on our death. We believe he went down into the depths of hell 
And he broke and he defeated the final death, the final, sorry, um, enemy, which is death itself. So that when you and I come to faith in Jesus, I believe that you came to earth. I believe that you died for me. Forgive me for all the stuff that I did wrong. Forgive me. Let me start afresh with you. Then you and I actually can live from that point forward forever with Jesus. When we die on this earth, we will be with Jesus forevermore. That relationship between God and man has been restored. And not just was this death important to eradicate and get rid of completely everything that you and I do wrong. It wasn't just about that. Because the reality is, I believe in Jesus. I'm a Christ follower. But I still do things wrong. But you know, when I come to Jesus again and say, say, Jesus, forgive me for that sin. Forgive me for that that unkind thing I said. Forgive me for just not being kind to Leanne. Forgive me for not doing the washing up. (laughs) Jesus says, I forgive you. Not just once, not if I come two times or three times, but every single time that I come to Jesus, Jesus says, sin, what sin? What sin? Welcome, son. Welcome, daughter. Welcome. I just love hanging out with you. And it doesn't even stop there. It's not just about sin. Because I spoke about moments of truth, those decisions that we make in life, where we live our lives. But God promised to be, guide us and help us in life. Maybe today you're facing some big decisions. What do I do about the future? Or where am I going to live? Or what job am I going to do? Well, God wants to help you in those decisions. He wants to guide you every single step of the way. And that's because you can have a relationship with Jesus. He's not just up in heaven and doesn't care about us. The Bible says he's forever praying for you. So when you ask God, God, would you show me the way? Would you guide me here? Would you speak to me about this? This situation at work that I'm facing that I don't know how to deal with. This relationship that's broken down. I don't know what to do about that. God comes alongside and he helps you, gives you the wisdom. And you suddenly get a thought, I could do that. And you know it's not your thought because it's better than what you think. It's perhaps more generous than what you would do. Maybe the thing that you'd want to do is get even. God would say, actually, no do this and you do it and it works out completely well because the good news isn't about doing things our way it's about doing things his way his way when I was um, five years old I made a decision to follow Jesus and I'm glad that it's not just about the crucifixion because the crucifixion the next stage was about the empty tomb but it's not just about the empty tomb that is not the end It's now about making a decision, a moment of truth decision about what am I going to do with the rest of my life. And when I was five years old, I was brought up in a a, a home where my mum and dad went to church. They were were believers in Jesus. And they said, would you like to follow Jesus? And I said, yeah, I will. I'd love to. Not perfect. I made several decisions. But I made a decision that said, well, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for, going, for choosing to go through all that pain. The pain that Jesus went through on Good Friday wasn't just the crucifixion. It was a whipping 39 times by the Roman cat and nine tails, which had bits of bone straddled together on a whip. 39 lashes, and that would kill someone alone. He chose to go through that. Thank you, Jesus. 
I say sorry for the things that I do wrong. Sorry, Lord, for my sin. I say, please, please would you forgive me? Please would you forgive me? And then I invite Jesus to take over my life. What does that mean? Well, I just choose not to live for myself now. I choose to live to please King Jesus. Decisions that I want to make, I don't want to make on my own anymore because I know that there's a, a man with a plan who has full sight of my life. He loves me so much. At the age of five, I said that. Children, at the age of five, I said that prayer. Big children, at the age of five, I said that prayer. And I still say that prayer. Jesus, I invite you to take over my life. I invite you to have the steering wheel of my life. In a few moments, friends, I'm going I'm to invite you. I'm going to give you that same invitation that I had received at the age of five. Dave, would you choose to live for Jesus? I didn't understand it all. I was five years old. I didn't understand it all. I had many questions. I still have many questions. Thoughts and feelings, fears. But I give them all to Jesus because he died for me on that cross. He died for me on that cross. He died for you. There's an amazing verse in the Bible. If you've been around church for any length of time, you would know it. It's John 3.16. Book of John written by one of Christ's followers. And it says this. For God so loved the world. That's you and me. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus. That whoever, me at the age of five, you at the age of whatever your age at now, whoever would believe on him, should not per perish, but have everlasting life. How amazing is that? We can live forever with a relationship, friendship with Jesus. None of us know how long we've got on planet Earth. And at some point, we will die. But the fact that we can still live forever with Jesus while we're still alive on Earth, and when you and I go to live on afterwards, relationship with Jesus you know if we don't come to Jesus there's a place called hell but Jesus wants us to live with him forever I'm going to invite you right now all across this place to, to bow your head and close your eyes just in this sincere moment like I say I'm not perfect and if you identify with any of those sins, you know, Jesus says there's no condemnation to anyone. But God wants us to extend this morning this invitation to you, wherever you're at. Maybe you're new here today. Maybe this is your first time in this place called Life Community Church. Maybe you would not yet call yourself a Christ follower. Maybe you're from a different religion. Maybe from a different background. Maybe you, you've never thought about Christianity before. Well, today, Jesus would call you home. He would say to you, come. Come as you are. Come as you are. Because he wants to have a relationship with you that can start today. That moment of truth. That could be a decision that affects the rest of your life. Maybe you're sitting here today and, and you, you would say you were a Christian. But you know in your heart, your heart has grown cold to God. You're not quite following as you once were we have a name for that it's called backslidden you're backslidden you're not quite following Jesus as you once were but you're saying Dave today I've, I've heard this and I want to 
receive and I want to respond to that invitation of love for me. doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter how old you are. God loves you so much. In a few moments, I'm going to invite you to respond. I'm not going to call you forward. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. But I will ask you to raise your hand. And I'd love to pray with you. And we have some resources we'd love to give to you. But God is inviting you on this Easter Sunday, this Celebration Sunday. He is inviting you. The, his invitation of love that cost him his life because he knew what, exactly what was happening. And he extends it to you. His nail-pierced hand as he reaches out to you and says, Come, come. I love you so much. I have got great plans and purposes for your life, the life of your family. But we have to come. We come as we are. We come in our sin. We come in our trying to do it our own way. And we give that to Jesus. So right now, without any further ado, if you want to say, if you want to say, Dave, today I don't understand everything, but I want to respond to Jesus. When I count to three, just raise your hand across this place. One, two, three. Who's going to respond to Jesus today? Across this room. Across this room, where you are. Come as you are. Jesus says, come as you are. Come in your condition. Let him take over the driving seat of your life. Come as you are. Come as you are. Wonderful. Wonderful. Great. Anyone else? I just want to pray a prayer for you in a few moments. You're just saying, Dave, you know, I just want to respond to Jesus. I'm not going to embarrass you. Raise your hand. Wonderful. Wonderful. Brilliant. Count down from five, four. I'm going to include you in this prayer. Three, two, one. Fantastic. I wonder if we can say this prayer out loud together, just to encourage those that have raised their hand. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for loving me. I don't understand everything. I do, I've done things wrong. But thank you for dying for my sin. Please would you forgive my sin. I receive the gift of eternal life friendship with you would you take over my life would you guide me help me to live for you may the rest of my days be the, de be the best of my days as I live for you and everyone said amen why don't we have clap those that have responded today come on We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.